If you're like me, you might hear estate planning and go, ugh, gross. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure why I'd bother with that. Estate planning is only for the uber rich. Tallgrass begs to differ. Tallgrass founding attorneys Laurel and Riley think everyone should have an estate plan. They know estate planning seems untouchable to a lot of folks, like something you have to do inside a stuffy law firm of Stuffy McLawyer Pants Esquire. But I promise you, Tallgrass is nothing like that. For one, they work out of their home so their clients can feel at home. They obsess, because they're nerds, over making clients feel like they belong and are supposed to be there. Also, their kids might make an appearance. They will take time to answer all of your questions, even the uncomfortable ones. They will work relentlessly to make sure your plan's exactly what you need to feel secure and at peace. So if you've been putting off planning for what's going to happen after you've gone, it's time for you to give Tallgrass a call at 918-770-8940 and start your plan today. Or visit their website at tallgrassestateplanning.com and schedule a free initial consultation. For free! It's right there on the website. And of course, there's more, because this is a podcast ad. If you tell them you're a Pod for Good listener, they're going to take 25% off their service fees. Just tell them Pod for Good sent you. Stop thinking estate planning isn't for you and give Tallgrass a call today at 918-770-8940 or on their website, which I'm not going to read out to you again. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Tallgrass. Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Rant9 Productions, which is me, and can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. I am today, tomorrow, and forever, your chief philanthropod, Jesse Ulrich. And I'm your vice admiral philanthropod, Chris Miller. And today, our guest is Matt Gleason, the chief storyteller for the Tulsa Area United Way. We talked to Matt about podcasting for our own mental health, what Living United really means, and he teaches us how to tell a story. He does. Enjoy. We are very excited to have my podcasting brother from another mother, Matt Gleason, on the pod today. Matt, how are you doing? I am glorious. It is. I have admired you and your podcast for years now, and... I've only seen it on the internet. I was telling Jesse, I just, uh, walking into this studio, <laughs> it was like, oh, I've only seen this on the internet. And it's, <laughs> it's lovely to be here uh, surrounded by all of your toys. And I'm just, I love you very much, Jesse. No, you've, well, you, you have, you have made me the podcaster that I am today. Our audience should know this is the first time like Matt and I have seen each other in person for longer than five minutes in like a year and a half. <laughs> we had one meeting with Daniel Billingsley, mm. both of you whom now left the places you were working for at the time, mm. right before the pandemic, I think like February of 2019 about my very promising podcasting future and then the entire world shut down but matt i'm gonna ask you a question first about your old job you've you've been working for the united way for a month now we'll get to that but for six weeks during the pandemic you were (laughs) releasing a podcast every day for the mental health association trying to help people deal with the stress and the anxiety of the pandemic and i imagine producing that and editing those and releasing those was incredibly stressful. So how often when you were editing these, were you like, I really should take some notes? <laughs> yeah. So I honestly, I think the podcast is helps my mental health more than anything because we had done the podcast for, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe before then. And 
Jesse saw how complicated we were recording it and he was a guest and, you know, it was very much a learning process and I made every mistake, lost podcast episodes, lost two podcast episodes. It hurts. It hurts. We, we should pause to describe what your setup was, at least when I was interviewed. <laughs> so I was in one room in the Mental Health Association right. being recorded on a boom mic <laughs> into, I think, a, a like a Zoom handy recorder. And then huh. we were on Zoom Right. Together, you were in like a dark closet. I was, closet. I was literally yeah. in a closet. Different part of the floor mm-hmm. recording. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the weirdest setup <laughs> I have ever seen. And the, and the podcast actually picked up Jesse's heartbeat, which was amazing. Oh, your heartbeat. Yeah. No, yeah. but it was just a very sensitive mic. And I had to, it was, there was a lot of things I had to take out that were awkward. I was like, why am I in this room by myself? It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. And so Jesse really helped me. We had a meeting. At one point when I had reached a point where I kind of knew what I was doing, but I needed more help. And Jesse came in and gave me some really awesome advice and kind of started our friendship there and gave me one of the, the best things. And because both of us and we get asked a lot about how do you, oh, I want to do a podcast. How do you do a podcast? And a lot of the knowledge that I share with others is knowledge that Jesse imparted to me. So including the number one piece of advice, and this is not a commercial, it's just hard lessons learned is use Descript. If you don't know what you're doing, because it does a lot of the heavy lifting, it's D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. And it basically, if you want to start a podcast, start there, reach out to me and Jesse and we'll answer your questions. We're happy to do that. But anyway, leading up into the pandemic, we were, we started doing it like the podcast was like every other month. And then it was like monthly and then it was like every other week. And then it was like, okay, we can do this weekly. And we had just started doing weekly and the pandemic hit. And I found myself sitting alone in my bedroom going, what am I going to do to occupy myself? And cause there was plenty of other work to do, but I knew that there was people in need who were struggling just as much as I was with my mental health and the isolation and the depression and fearing for the safety of my family. And so really it was my savior was the podcast because I was, and what I did, I was like, I'm just going to start doing these daily because I needed daily help. And I would just be on the phone with doing Zoom calls with people. And it was really, you know, it was basically my therapy couch became the podcast. And so I was talking to people. Some of the most important things that I was asking about were things I was going through. And we had even had somebody um, from the Tristess Grief Center. And we talked about grieving for the life that we lived before and the coping skills and that it's okay to be sad and to feel depressed about that you can't do some of the stupid things that pre-pandemic life offered you. And it was just wonderful to be so alone in my room for eight hours a day working. And occasionally I would get an email or someone would call me or text me and be like, Hey, that podcast really helped me. I really appreciate that. And hopefully we were able to do some good. I think Pod for Good did just as much good for our community. A lot of times people listening to your podcast. I know I did. It it was just one of those things where it was like, here's a bit of normalcy that I can listen to. I can listen to these two awesome guys have interesting conversations with people and I can pretend that I'm with them in their room and it made me feel less lonely. Thank you guys. Thank Uh, you. I'm glad someone listened. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I think that brings uh, up a really good point. You were talking about advice for people mm-hmm. who want to start podcasts. Yeah. I think too many people think, okay, I got to figure out what's some niche, what's something the audience wants, and then I'm sure. going to make a podcast for that. But we started this because we wanted to learn more about Tulsa. We wanted to talk to interesting people, right? You were doing what you did because you wanted to help yourself and others with mental health. I I think if you want to start a podcast, find something that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. because that'll come through in the podcast. If you're faking it, inauthenticity comes through the mic. It absolutely does. You can't do a remote podcast interview like Chris and I had to do for, and you did for, you know, but almost two years running now, you can't do that inauthentically. It's not, it's not going to be interesting at all. No. And mm-hmm. somehow Chris and I are that passionate about what people are talking about, even virtually, that we were able to pull some of those <laughs> off. And that was great. Yeah. Those episodes were really good. For our listeners, last August was the month we did four episodes in a month. And, and that nearly killed us. That's just four total <laughs> yeah, in a month. Yeah. And... Not and, 30. Not 30. I mean, his episodes were shorter at least. Like I, I could have made I could have made our shorter and saved myself some time. But it's and there's nothing wrong with a personal benefit coming out of your podcast. For Chris and I, this is a networking opportunity. For one, I'd rather ask the questions than hear someone else ask them. But and one thing Chris and I are not good at is transitioning. And that is my transition into your new Did you role. say that that unites us? Oh. Oh, see. Look at you. <laughs> Yeah, we are nice. a good team. That's really good. So after after the Mental Health Association broke you for making you do a podcast every day, you are now the, you have an actual title, but you're, the title you go by is sort of Chief Storyteller of the United Way. Something and like what amazes me is in our 50-ish episodes we've done now, we haven't, the United Way hasn't really come up that often. It's true. We've we've brought in a lot of their partner agencies. Yes, which, a ton of their partner well, agencies. Yes. I appreciate you guys doing that because that's yeah. what's important. Let's go through this. So sure. for our listeners who might not know, what does the United Way of Tulsa at least do? And that is a question that I, so I was with the Mental Health Association for 10 years. And I like to think that I helped figure out how to explain what they do, which was the four pillars were promoting mental illness, preventing suicide, reducing homelessness and transforming the criminal justice system. And I, we worked on those four pillars because I would get that question a lot. What does mental health association do? And I'd be like, mm, I need to make this easier to explain. When I got this amazing opportunity to go to the Tulsa area United way, and I was excited to tell all my friends and they were like, the United way does awesome things. I know that I've donated it. I've <laughs> been to like chili cookoffs that benefited it. And but I, I know you guys like raise like $25 million and it goes to the partner agencies. That's what you do. And honestly, I had to, there was a lot of learning involved on my part. Once I got to, before I got there, researching job interviews and that sort of thing, getting ready for that. And then now being immersed in it and being surrounded by the staff, I'm amazed at how much the United Way does. And a lot, and, I, and I'm excited about this job because it's part of my job to tell that story of what they do. Because I, 10 years at the association, I saw how things, amazing things. One, I will say that the United Way kept the lights on at the association. It keeps the lights on at all the 59 partner agencies. And there are agencies that have multi-million dollar budgets. But if you take away their United Way funding, because that's operations, and that's the hardest dollar you can get, because God bless them. Funders want to target very specific things. They don't want to pay you to keep your lights on. 
They want, that's not their priority. Their herb greater priority saying, God bless them. But the United Way is there to go, look, hey, you got to keep your lights on. You got to keep your staff paid. You got to do all the things that allow you to help so many people. So they really are that backbone. And then they do amazing things. I'm getting to the point where I say, we do amazing things. <laughs> but there's things like they do a social innovation grant, which is they raise the $25 million and then there's a smaller pot of money. It's not much. I'm hoping that I can play a role in, in making that pot bigger because the, I, I saw how the association benefited from getting a social innovation grant because it is that sort of incubator funding that allows ideas that are good, but are a little, maybe are a little risky that maybe a funder is, I'd rather fund your things that are more. Where's the prominent. data? Where's the yeah, proof? Exactly. It really is the shark tank. That is, and they have a Shark Tank night. They call it Pitch Night, and all the partner agencies can come and come with very short Shark Tank-like pitch of like, I'm going to do this, and this is why, and this is how it's, and this is how we're going to change Tulsa with this idea. And and the United Way has, I want to say, they they have 170 volunteers who are vetting all the partner agencies, and they have a whole process. It's not just. I did that this year. Oh, that was nice. interesting. It's my you first so year doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and so basically, it's the, and a lot of people don't know this. It's the each of the the partner agencies they do an application every year, and it's the most thorough. I would call it the hardest. I actually filled it out a couple times for the association. It was just really hard, but it's hard for a reason because the United Way sets a high bar that you have to meet, and you know. If you don't meet that bar, then maybe you shouldn't be a part, you know? And that is, even for the very, very uh, well-entrenched organizations, we want to meet that high bar. And so that is a huge role that the United Way plays. And without it, and the United Way is working behind the scenes to help some of those smaller partner agencies with consulting and help them find those, the ways that they can be more successful and be better stewards of the money that is is donated. So what I tell people when they ask me, what does the United Way do? I say it provides the social safety net for our community. It's funny. I, in my head, I was just imagining like the edit someone could have done where they just cut off everything he said before the, until that very last sentence. <laughs> no, I, first of all, the, the explanation of the answer is always more interesting to, yeah. interesting to me than the answer. Uh, but now I want you to name all 59 partner agencies. <laughs> I was telling Jesse today that the part of I, I've been there about four weeks and my first week they were like, Hey, we're going to launch a new website next week. They'd already done 98% of it. <laughs> you have one week to launch <laughs> yeah. a website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I can actually see Jesse's heart. <laughs> palpitating right I know. There. No, I came in at the, the, the last second to move some commas, but it was really interesting to uh, part of that website is there's, you can see all 59 partner agencies. And like I said, I've been in the nonprofit world for 10 years and I like to think I've, I've made a lot of connections and I know a lot of things, but God's honest truth. I didn't know a lot of the partner agencies and that's, what's, that's another thing that's fun is because today, um, actually I spent a good chunk of my day sending messages to those partner agencies offering to do, make that connection. And the United Way has a really cool PR marketing Facebook group and I want to build that. So all the 59 partner agencies can all be talking to each other, the PR people and saying, look, I need some help figuring this out or 
can somebody help me share this post because this is really cool, but I need some more eyes on it. So I sent these messages to the 59 partner agencies today. And there were some that not in a million years would I have thought were partner agencies heard of them. And I'm excited to get to know them better and to help tell the community about them. And as Jesse knows, we're going to start a podcast until Sierra United way. We're going to start a podcast soon. It's hopefully a week or two away. Yes. There's some, there's a 13 names that Jesse vetted for me. Mm. Hopefully we'll land, these on, potential land on a guests good one. Or no, the actual title of the podcast. Yeah, which is hard. Like, cause you really have to, sometimes you have to compromise on what so, you want its name to be just so it's rem- rememberable and to also not include the word podcast in the title of your podcast, mm. which uh, Apple is not a fan of. And you already, you probably already know this, but for, this is another piece of advice. Google the name you choose first and make sure something horrible doesn't come up that it doesn't, or the other side that it doesn't get uh, muddled because there are so many other things that are very similar to it and that Google will try to redirect you to. I I will say now the other pod for good, which again only has one episode now very rarely comes up. Like it (laughs) it comes up when you search for an Apple podcast, but nowhere else. So it just, that one took time and I just really like the name. Yeah. So if I could go back, I would have spelled out the word four and not the number, but whatever. That's fine. It was I clever. like it with the number. Yeah. Listen, I, I like. I listen. I like the number two, but then I have to tell everyone it's the number. Uh, so it's one you. of those things. Gotcha. It looks good on shirts. It does. But God willing, mm. one day we'll have it on a shirt. That's right. And Jesse will have to in the edit. Hopefully, I'll have this confirmed. But the podcast right now, the the name that Jesse and I and some others is Story Time with Tulsa Area United. So, yes. Like it. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it says exactly what it is. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be it. And you can listen to the episodes right now. Yeah, what go, I would go. try to do, which is try <laughs> to make it sound too clever. That's what I would. I would be like, how can I work Tulsa area? You know, oh, I'll show you. I'll show you the spreadsheet. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. Some of them are like, yeah, but that would be my first idea too. Yeah, my second idea. Yeah, my third idea. <laughs> and you're like, no, but like those ideas aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and you, you want to be very mindful of. SEO, search mm-hmm. engine optimization. And of course. So if someone is searching for Tulsa Area United Way, you want to the second thing that's on that search to be the podcast. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. You want the first thing to be the Tulsa United Way's new website. So it's exactly right. TAUW.org. There you go, go. go and visit. Listen, I'm, I respect the fact that they're like, no, we are going to abbreviate our entire name for this website so that also our emails, our email addresses aren't super long. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Because that could be real. Mm-hmm. Oof. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, abbreviations work sometimes. But I am the, I am the biggest anti acronym person you will ever meet <laughs> because I, when I went to mental health association at that time, it was mental health association in Tulsa, which a lot to say. So it was shortened to MHAT. I remember MHAT. Yeah. MHAT. MHAT. And I, I just hated it. It sounded like a goofy hat that somebody was wearing, <laughs> but also, and, and nonprofits love acronyms they so do. much, so much, but and they can, I actually, God love Tulsa Area United Way. I have a glossary. They give you, an, as a new employee, a glossary of all nice. these, the acronyms, which I was like, I appreciate this because I don't know what anybody yeah. is talking <laughs> about. But also- Nonprofits in the federal government love abbreviations, <laughs> and the military. And one of our yeah. friends who only use acronyms that are not well known. <laughs> and just like, he'll just make up acronyms yeah, for things and just true. throw them out there and expect everyone to have any idea what he's talking about. Whenever possible, I would advise people to- not use acronyms, but yeah. sometimes it's inevitable. I, I've been saying the United Way's name wrong this entire time, which is the Tulsa Area United Way. It's it right. Because it's the Tulsa area. It also includes five counties. What are those five counties? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okmogi, I know, is there, and Wagner, and Tulsa. I, I think Okfusky. Is there an Osage County? I think there's an Osage County. I live in Osage County. Hopefully, uh, Jesse will yeah. edit this part uh, out. Cause you I can tweet know. at uh, whatever <laughs> the Tulsa Area United Way's Twitter feed is to tell Matt what the counties yeah, are. Hashtag fire, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned how critical the, the dollars from the United Way sure. is, but I think less people know about all the other stuff that the Tulsa area United ways, you mentioned a little bit, the kind of the consulting, the coaching sure. mm-hmm. that they do day of caring, you know, mobilizing volunteers mm-hmm. to help out. To, to me, that's almost as important as the dollars that they give to mm-hmm. the nonprofits. Exactly. And, and another thing I, I mentioned, the chili cookoffs and things like that too, that, that all these companies do really building that sort of it's team building and Mm -hmm. it's building, especially now during the pandemic. And we're actually looking at, we're going to, they're the adults here United way campaign last year, which was very successful despite all the challenges they did had to really figure out how to raise all that money virtually. And about probably a month ago, if you had talked to somebody at the United (laughs) way, they would be like, Oh, it's going to be so awesome. We don't have to do anything virtual. We're back to normal. And here we are. Yeah. August 17th and it, we don't know what the future holds and it, it's yeah. looking like we're going to be doing a lot of virtual stuff, but as, and, and just like with my, the mental health download podcast and me sitting in my room alone, I, I had that social connection through people with my friend, Jesse doing a you know, podcast. We couldn't be together, but we could be together on zoom. I think with the Tulsa area United ways company fundraisers, you know, there's a lot of people that are working remotely. And I know that Mental Health Association, we did a virtual trivia night. And it was the first time that all of us were together in a Zoom call where we didn't have to think about how are we going to help in homelessness and prevent suicide and we're, all the heavy things that we were dealing with. It was just we could all be together and laugh and just be like, miss you, man. So I think that's and that's as we go into these once again in certain times, those campaigns bring us together and bring companies together in ways that are so important, right? So I feel like the Tulsa Area United Way has the problem that a lot of the large funding nonprofits have, which is they don't want to market themselves. They want to market the organizations they're helping. But those organizations themselves are usually not great at marketing themselves, nor do those big funding organizations want to draw too much attention to themselves. And so this is that weird sort of they're helping and they're, they're doing all the stuff, but then there's still this weird lack of knowledge about the relationship and how it works. And mm-hmm. I imagine during this pandemic, it's been even more complicated because you know, everyone's just sort of been running around, just trying to keep the lights on and mm-hmm. to help the people. Most of these nonprofits are geared towards people who were, were already in not great shape before the pandemic. And so I'm just wondering, like, how how is the United Way dealing with sort of this now? Because you've talked about the PR sort of Facebook group, and there seems to be a a need for a collective conversation on how best to market yourself as a nonprofit. Exactly. And and Jesse and I were actually talking about this before the podcast. One of the cool things about my new job is that they really are encouraging me to help nonprofits that we, the partner agencies, um, clarify their story and have, because I'm also a former journalist I worked at the Tulsa world for about eight years and storytelling is, is what I love. And it's, it, and it's also a lot harder than it sounds to tell your story. And it's something I struggle with speaking in, in public. I have to really think about it. So I don't say, um, and, uh, every other word, just like right now, 
um, but we were talking that as I've been doing so much cramming of information into my brain to do this job the way that I want it to, to be successful because I am using different parts of my brain that I haven't. And so it's super fun, but I've been doing a lot of research on how you tell your story. And one of the things, and, and this is something that I would really highly advise people to look into. I'm not getting paid to just say this, but type in ABT story structure. And that stands for and, but, therefore. And, and, and it's the dangest thing because you're like, okay, and, but, therefore, how do I use that? And it's basically, it, it comes from a, a Harvard researcher who discovered this. But basically, the, you know, cavemen were doing essentially this our brains are hardwired for storytelling we inherently the cavemen to survive what they and women they needed to find out how others survive so when they were in that situation they would survive if your bud in the cave next door had gone up against a saber-toothed tiger and you were like and he survived you were like hey how did you survive that saber-toothed tiger oh tell me the story and you would be like okay cool that's that'll work for me too. And I'm going to tell my family and we're going to tell stories and stories and that's going to be passed down without stories. Humankind dies. And so our brains are really hardwired when someone starts telling a story and they do it right. You have, your brain has no other choice, but to tune in. It's amazing because and so that, and, but therefore structure is you basically set up, you give context which is Tulsa Area United Way has existed for a hundred years and has raised $850 million in those, in that century to provide the social safety network, the social safety net for our community. So that's, you give the context, you amplify it, and then you say, but, and the, but is the, the problem, but you, we live in a digital age where it's so easy for people to get on Facebook and donate to their specific cause to donate specifically to mental health association, Oklahoma, which I highly recommend. I love mental health association, Oklahoma. It's my heart. And, and a lot of people think, why would I give to the United way, which is basically just a pass through for the money to go to mental health association. So that's part of my job is to explain. It's not just a pass through. It's, it is, it's, 59 partner agencies and all that money allows that social safety net to exist in multiple ways. So the problem is, and I'll start over. So for the edit, so Tulsa area United way has existed for a hundred years. It's raised $850 million to provide the social safety net, but we live in a social environment where you can donate to your favorite cause with a click of a button. So therefore, we need you to donate to the Tulsa Area United Way because you believe in the social safety net. You believe that those 59 partner agencies working together would not be able to do that without the United Way's funding. It's kind of, kind of matches up to Joseph Conrad's hero journey. It is. Right? Uh, and I sh we should say, and it should have come up already, really, but like one of the reasons the Tulsa Area United Way exists is when there's a crisis, say a worldwide pandemic, they or a had, massive flood. Or a massive flood. Yeah. The pandemic just completely wiped that from our memory. That's true. Remember how there was a massive flood in yeah. Tulsa just a couple years yeah. ago? Also remember like the Australian fires that were <laughs> happening right before? Now everything's on fire. But anyway, in moments of crisis, because of 
what the Telstar United Way is, it can pull together both its 59 organizations as well as a large amount of money to then work on a problem that's too big for one organization to do, which is exactly what the Telstar United Way did when the pandemic hit. I remember there was like a a fund they started. If you need money to keep your doors open, like apply to this. Mm -hmm. And that's not something, you know, a just run of the mill nonprofit could do. Exactly. I'm just so excited to be able to share more about the Tulsa Area United Way. And to the point about why should I give to the United Way when I could just give to the the charity that I believe in the most? And uh, a friend told me this. He was like, Matt, it's not an either or. It's Mm -hmm. an and. It's donate to the Mental Health Association or your favorite charity. And the Tulsa Area United Way. I mean, Tulsa is one of the most philanthropic cities in in the United States. So people have the money to give to both. Not me necessarily, but other people, people with money. <laughs> and one of the things, and, and you say that they have the money to donate. One of the coolest things is that I work for Mental Health Association, Oklahoma, and about, and the, forgive me the stats, Mental Health Association, because they probably changed over years, but it's about 65% of the roughly 180 people that work there have a mental illness. Uh, about 45% of that 180 have experienced homelessness and about a quarter have been involved in the justice system. And every year at the kickoff for our United Way fundraiser, I looked around the room and there were people who had been in the most dire circumstances and had the greatest challenges. And honestly, you know, nonprofits don't pay a lot. And we went and no matter the challenges we were facing, everybody gave. And we had, uh, no matter how little someone was making or how how close their horrible, tragic history was to where they were, how far they had come, they gave to the United Way because they believed in it. And they, we all saw that if we don't give, who will? So we believed in the cause in, in ways that people, uh, it just, it warmed my heart every time I, I saw somebody who you would think wouldn't be able to spare that kind of money. They were there. And they were donating because they knew that it helped them and they want to help somebody else. One of the, I think, changes in the campaign, at least how they started doing it at BOK a few years ago, mm-hmm. was that they actually had people who worked there who were willing to tell their stories about how a United Way partner agency impacted them. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy for you to think, oh, I'm giving money to help homeless people or help people who have problems that I don't have. But then when you see that, you know what, here's a coworker that mm-hmm. got helped out. I remember one of the stories was, and I'm trying to remember the name of the organization, but it's the organization that uh, provides advocates to children who- CASA. Yeah, uh, somebody who had worked with CASA and actually ended up adopting someone mm-hmm. that they had worked with in that program. And it just seeing- all the people who have been impacted, not just as most people think, oh, I've volunteered or I've served on the board or I've donated, but more people than you think benefit from these organizations. And I think that's something that's really powerful mm-hmm. about those kinds of stories and telling those stories. Mm-hmm. You explained that really well. <laughs> good on you. Well, um, we, we are professionals. You are very good. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I actually had lunch with some coworkers at the United Way last week. And we were sitting around and I was just, I'm still learning. And that's why I don't know all the counties. Um, <laughs> or all 59 partner organizations. <laughs> right. I will. When, next time all you right. can give me a quiz. But we were talking and, and it was like, because I have a coworker who also worked with me at Mental Health Association. 
And we had this conversation of like, why do we give to the United Way at these fundraisers? And we realized, and I realized that as much as I appreciated the guest speaker from a 59 partner agency, one of the 59 partner agencies telling their story and how it, how United Way makes their mission possible. Honestly, I appreciated that, but I gave because I knew that Jenny sitting two seats down from me was experiencing homelessness a year ago. And so was her child. And because of the United Way, she was able to turn her life around and get into housing and get a job and get the job training she needed. And that's why I, it was that very personal looking around the room and knowing that so many of the people sitting there would not be there without the United Way. Well, and I think I'm, I make assumptions about our listeners that are probably wrong, but in case our listeners don't know, a lot of these nonprofits, if they do have a, you know, development slash fundraising, either department or person, usually can't raise enough money to do all the things they need to do, which is another reason mm-hmm. an organization like the Tilsayer United Way is helpful and useful because mm-hmm. even if a nonprofit has enough funding to do its job, doesn't necessarily mean it has enough funding to pay its employees well <laughs> or to give them the benefits they would get at another job. Yeah. Usually non a not nonprofit <laughs> e type job. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tulsa is still sort of behind what was happening on the East Coast when I was there about how nonprofit professionals are treated, how they are paid, how yeah. it's it's good if they care about the cause they're working on, but that passion shouldn't substitute for <laughs> salary. <laughs> they are professionals who are trained in a skill and should be paid as such. So anyway, listeners, if you donate to a nonprofit, don't ask about overhead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not even using that word anymore because it's silly. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> I should get, I should make an overhead. No, like drop, but yeah, overhead is salaries people. It's not pens and paper and whatnot. Like, you need a, a computer that works to do your job. You need to be able to afford to live in the place you want to live and feed your family and children. See, that's when creative accounting gets in. You start allocating portions of the overhead to the programs themselves. That's what, that, you yeah, justify that's what that nonprofits way. have to do now. So they have to do. They have to yeah. use creative accounting because there are a lot of funders and unfortunately a lot of the general public who have been taught that oh overhead bad yeah it's not i mean it's it's the wrong term it's not extra money it's just money that's not specifically geared like it's geared towards the organization running not towards solving the problem the organization is designed to but you can reframe that because you need those things that's the point (laughs) you obviously can't have an organization solving the problem if the organization doesn't exist. Exist, yeah. So how do you okay. do that? Yeah, or can't Thank keep you. employees. Like, if we could put a monetary value on having to train a new employee that has, that's having to replace... You literally can. It's called turnover. It's an accounting term. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to edit that out. Uh, so nonprofit people should know that. Yeah. Anyway. Chris, you've not worked on nonprofits. You've not experienced this. I but but, but I have seen it from a volunteer yeah. and board standpoint. And you've uh-huh. told me this happens in the corporate world mm-hmm. too, where someone leaves a job and then they write the job description for the way that person did the job when they left, which is mm-hmm. not going to be how the person who comes in is going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then usually what happens is while they're waiting to hire that new person, some of those people's, uh, that person's job duties get split to other people mm-hmm. who aren't getting paid more to do that thing, but now have more work to do. 
And it happens so often. As soon as one person leaves, like there's a, it's like an open door. Like, well, I don't want to do more work now. I'm not going to get paid more for it. I'm going to go to another place. <laughs> or I haven't gotten a raise in five years. Right. So the only way to get a raise is to move to another place. And these are the problems nonprofit faces and why it's hard to keep good employees there. Yeah. And so some of them leave, I'm, I'm leaving in air quotes and start their own companies. There so anyway, and, and that's why uh, giving money to, for operations is important. Yes. <laughs> yes. If, if I was a billionaire, I would only donate to operations. Thank you. But I'm not, but, uh, <laughs> hey, we have this on audio. So when you're a billionaire, listen, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to hold you accountable to your, yeah, promise. you'll be able to get a meeting with me if I'm a billionaire. <laughs> Just spam him. Yeah. No, spam. listen, I know that some people change when they get money, but I don't see me doing that because I'm going to get rid of it. It's going to burn a hole in my pocket. I don't yeah. hold on to money well. And why do you have Why do you have diamond crusted boom mics? I'd be like, none of your business. How'd you get into my house? Guards. Anyway. Fleet of editors. Yeah. <laughs> editors. It's, it's going to be like the scene in The Simpsons, but with uh, instead of monkeys, it's going to be yeah. editors. Yeah. So as we're Moving off a little tangent. Yeah. Listen, it, it, sorry about o- that. only 41 minutes in, like usually our tangents happen way earlier. Oh, yeah. 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 So as we're still stuck in this weird Delta variant, whatever you want to call it, what is the, so how is the United Way looking at how to keep doing the work they're doing and helping their partner organizations when we're still sort of virtual, not virtual. Some of these donors might also not be huge fans of say masks or the vaccine. You don't have to answer that second part of that question, but how is the United Way, sure. tell us United Way looking at, because the blackout fundraising period is coming up, right? It happens on in- August 15th through mm-hmm. November 15th. Yeah. From what they've learned in the past, what is the Tulsa United Way going to do going forward into the second part of 2021 and mm-hmm. 2022 to yeah. keep, keep Tulsa running? I think the most important thing is that the United Way is not possible without the hundreds of volunteers. And, and it's not just the amazing volunteers who come to the Day of Caring and do so much good that I saw at Mental Health Association. God bless people who have corner offices going into an, a little apartment complex into a unit that needed some paint and to clean out the tub and they're got their roll up their sleeves. You know, I love Dave caring. I'm so excited to, to be a part of it this year, but they're also the, some of the, the biggest hearts and minds in the community volunteer to raise that money. So there's campaign cabinets and they are targeted at the various sectors of our economy. So that's like healthcare and manufacturing and aerospace and all these. And, and they take on this huge, big, hairy goal, BHAG. Mike Bros, CEO of Mental Health Association, who he's, he would talk about BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> I, I hope Mike is enjoying his retirement. He <laughs> is, sitting on his porch. He's not. Sitting. Uh, he is um, going a million miles an hour. He's um, also doing daily podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mike Bros. He's the one who fought for our podcast. So another just tangent, if you want to start a podcast and you're a nonprofit, get the buy-in of the CEO. And that makes things. So yeah, step one, faster. get the buy-in of CEO. <laughs> step two, call Jesse. Call Jesse. <laughs> there you go. Call Jesse. Yeah. I, 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 so many people, when they call me and they say, I want to start a podcast, I'm like, cool, call Jesse. <laughs> um, I, I, at least some I, yeah. of you should also pay him. I'm yeah. Saying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, step three, pay Jesse. <laughs> Have CEO pay Jesse. <laughs> or if you need help getting the CEOs by, and you can also call me. So right. I'm a, I'm a podcast evangelist. But uh, to turn us back around yep. to where I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, these cabinets take on this big, hairy, audacious goal. 
of raising millions of dollars per, you know, cabinet. And that's how they raise that $25 million. It's because there are volunteers who <laughs> are already working 80 hour weeks, who have families, who have all the expectations that all that we all have. And then some, they are the most passionate about the cause and they're the ones who are asking their friends and coworkers and making those donations possible. It's not an exaggeration when I say the, without the volunteers, the United Way does not exist. And Chris was one of those volunteers. He knows like you explain how, what all you've done and, and how you've kind of seen that the power of the volunteers. Because I work at BOK and, and they're crazy about United Way. Yes. They um, I've, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've over my 15 years there, I've done, Several. I've I've helped with some of the campaigns. I've worked on captaining for Dave Caring before. Currently on the Emerging Leader Leader Society. Nice. Look at you, an emerging I leader. I know. And then this year, what I did, and I'm trying to remember the name of the the committee, but it's they basic basically it's the group that vets the mm -hmm. so community we, investments. We, community investments. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So community investment panel, and so. Each panel is assigned a few of the partner agencies. Mm -hmm. We only had three because they were some of the larger ones. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you meticulously look through mm -hmm. their applications. You come up with questions. You ask for follow-ups. You compare to what the prior year's applications were. If Because a big part of this process that I never knew about is that uh, we actually provide feedback back to them and say, hey, you know what? You should think about doing this with your application or sometimes they'll have areas of focus. Uh, right now, one of the areas of focus is on diversity, mm -hmm. diversity in staff, diversity in board, um, and diversity in, in pretty much every way you can think about. It. So looking through the application, seeing what, if any policies and having the opportunity to, you know, I was able to submit a question to a very large, powerful nonprofit organization to ask based on their policies for how sure. they select board members, which is what a lot of board members do. They have mm -hmm. a subcommittee of their board and asking them, if you don't have diversity on your board and you're using a small group of your board to find new members, how are you ever going to have diversity in your board? Mm -hmm. Getting to submit that and see what they come back with and, and what, what, if any policies change the next year. So that was something to me that was another... It's, it's not the sexy side of things for a lot of people. It's not getting the, the impactful stories or raising the money or doing the chili cook-offs or going and painting somebody's fence, right? But actually seeing how important and, and how much fiduciary responsibility United mm -hmm. Way takes in looking at every one of those Thanks. to make sure the money goes to the right place, the right programs, and that the organizations are doing with it what they say. So that was, that was pretty impactful for me. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. He should, he should be a guest on the uh, story time or whatever we're calling <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> you explained that so well because I could, that's everything you said, that's that high bar. Mm -hmm. And without those volunteers there, that, that bar is not set. And, mm -hmm. you know, without the United Way, there is no bar. And those mm -hmm. nonprofits could veer off into paths that aren't especially good for the people they serve. So it really is keeping people on track and accountable. Mm -hmm. 
We all need accountability. I always appreciate people who keep me accountable. And that's, that's really what the United Way is doing is it, it's, it's providing that service of providing accountability to the United Way, to the, the United Way partner agencies. So if we have a listener who would like to volunteer mm. for the Tulsa Area United Way, what should they do? Oh boy. Visit TAUW.org and go click on the, the lovely volunteer button and it will, I've uh, moved a lot of commas on those pages. And so I know it's all on there. So, and it has Dave caring and how you can be on committees and, and just a whole array of, of opportunities. I love that the United Way has opportunities where you can, for people who may not be able to invest their dollars, they can invest their time. Mm-hmm. And that is, I know that my time is more precious than my money. And if I'm going to volunteer somewhere, that's a really big deal for me. And that's really how I can give back is, is volunteering. And I just want people to know that please volunteer. <laughs> you know, if you can't give, don't worry about it. Like volunteer your time. It is better than gold. So. Well, and that that's another um, thing that recently that they've started pushing at work is that participation, whatever that looks like to you as is as important as donating. So, and and even then I think people tend to convince themselves that if they can't give, you know, $500 or a thousand dollars or $5,000, then it's not meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. The way that the United way hits 25 million. Yeah. A good chunk of that's going to come from the BOKs and quick trips of the world that, Mm -hmm. that raise a bunch of money, but the way they make the goal is getting thousands of people giving $10, $25, <laughs> things like that. So if any of these organizations have ever been meaningful to you, throwing a few dollars their way to the United Way can have a huge impact because you doing that and then telling other people that you do that so mm-hmm. that they do the same thing, it it multiplies. Yeah. And that's that's how we keep these kind of safety nets going. Now's the point where... We want to give you the option to plug whatever you want. So oh. st- upcoming stuff. Obviously, sure. this is busy time for United Way, <laughs> but also all the ways that they can connect to you or the United Way and how they can find out more about the podcast, all of it. Nice. Well, little tangent, little uh, rabbit trail here. Um, my family and I have been binging uh, episodes of Hot Ones on YouTube. Oh, Nice. And what, what you just said about, you know, plugging, they, he has that thing where they, they like basically fry people's faces with hot sauce. Yeah. And then the last thing they say, you know, and this camera and this camera and this can <laughs> tell, tell the people what you got going on. So <laughs> you, maybe we should eat hot wings next Ooh, time. Oh yeah. That'd like be fun. Please, please, please donate to Tulsa Area United Way any way that you can, whether it's your time whether it's your very hard-earned dollar, just please, I, I know firsthand working as a, in a partner agency, I know that it changes and saves lives. And the United Way is just, it is building and supporting that social safety net that we all rely on because it sounds cliched, but, you know, especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of us did worry about if I lose my job, what happens next, you know? And I think that we would all, in the in our worst times, we would turn to the United Way partner agencies and, and we would know that they would be there. And a Tulsa without that, without those partner agencies, without those 59 partner agencies, you don't want to live there. It's not a fun place. People are struggling. People are dying. And I kid you not. That's that's the reality. So please support the United Way. Go to TAUW.org. 
um, and learn more about the United Way, donate, learn how to volunteer. Yes, we're launching a podcast very, very soon. It may, by the time this airs, may already be out. Um, it'll be a race to see which we can get out first. <laughs> so you said a race. I was like, I don't think we want to <laughs> yeah. throw that out in the world. Story time, a race. <laughs> yes. So um, hopefully in the very near future, the Tulsa Here United Way will have a podcast. Um, not, you know, not to rival Pod for Good, but we will be <laughs> partners and friends and sharing the amazing work that um, that everybody who has a philanthropic heart is is accomplishing because those stories change and save lives. All right. And now our final question, which we will also brand at some point. Okay. Of course, if we're going back to remote interviews, then this question will change, but okay. uh, this is for you to look around pot for goods, nerd studio. Okay. And uh, pick out either your favorite thing okay. or something you're like, what is this? Please explain it to me. Um, I pick Jesse. <laughs> wow. No, wow. One, no one's picked Literally, me before. No one's picked Jesse before. Now, now we have the difficulty of how the pictures go. I guess I could just stand next to him. I was yeah. like, is he going to have to hold me? Um, <laughs> there will be hugs. All right. I, all right. You know, I love you very much, Jesse. I tell mm-hmm. you that I love you. Um, I do feel uh, a kindred. You are a kindred spirit, a brother from another mother. And um, yes. So I, pick, all right. I choose Aww. you, Aww. Jesse. Ooh, I uh, choo- choo- choose yeah. you. Uh, we could have him take the picture with my bobblehead that was made oh. for me at my old job at the very top oh, there. Oh, yes. There you so, go. See, that, I, mean, I, I can also be, be in the picture. socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> During a pandemic. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess that's true. We, 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 we want like, to be like, responsible. I was like, I don't think that's you. I think that's Ash from from yeah. County of Darkness. Uh, and then I realized yeah. there's closer, another Closer, yeah, closer, closer. <laughs> um, no, that's Gollum. Um, all right. Well, Matt, thank you so much thank for you, coming after only working at the Tulsa United Way for, <laughs> for a month, a month <laughs> and coming here. And we look forward to hearing Storytime, a mm-hmm. Tulsa Air United Way story. I can't remember what the... Storytime with... Uh, yeah, Storytime. This is how Shit. little I'm not sure what the title is going to be. Uh, Storytime with uh, Tulsa Air United Way. There you go. With Matthew Gleason. You have two widths in there. Indeed. <laughs> Um, and, and I guarantee you, you guys will be a guest on that podcast. Yeah. hundred percent. Nice. Yes. Pod crossover. <laughs> everyone's favorite thing. Yes. When podcasters go on other podcasters, podcasts, <laughs> even though that's really how podcast networking works. That's right. So it is. It is. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Matt, thank you so much. Yes, thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for listening to our conversation with Matt. Make sure to follow the Tulsa Area United Way on all of their platforms. Volunteer. And most importantly for Matt, subscribe to their podcast, whatever it is called, whenever it is launched. Please, please remember to follow Pod for Good, mostly on Facebook. That's where I post most of my things because I'm old and I don't understand other platforms anymore. Or LinkedIn, I guess. The two old platforms, Facebook and LinkedIn. If you think we should do TikTok, uh, leave a review, five-star review on the podcast with a note telling us that we should start doing TikTok. Yes. Also, to the person who gave us a three-star review, f*** you. Like Chris said, you should leave us a review anyway. But if you leave us a review saying that we should make TikToks, I will hire someone to make TikToks for us. <laughs> I don't have time for TikToks. Anyway, as always, Telsa, get it done, wear a mask. And if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet, again, get it. What's wrong with you? I'm tired of this. It's hot out. I would like to not have to wear a mask outside. Yeah. Good day. Good day.